0: Good morning, everyone, who's in person and online. It's good to see all those of you who are streaming and just involved in the chat. Uh, In-person church, again, do we mind just saying hello to those who are part of our church online on three, one, two, three. We are super glad. We are one church, and it's so great to be together. Uh, This morning, we are excited to be launching our series this fall uh, entitled Soul Care. I believe it was really in the spring, would you say about the spring that Pastor Marlow and myself really started digging in and looking towards this series, and I know both of us are excited about it. So this morning, uh, we want to kind of launch into the series, give you a little idea of what we're going to be getting into. After this week, it will be seven more messages that are going to be spread over the following nine weeks um, as we go through this series. But want to talk a little bit about what it is, because when I say the word soul care, Just the term itself can sound pretty confusing. So what is soul care? And maybe more poignantly, what is the soul? So 1 Thessalonians 5.23 helps give us a really clear breakdown that's important to start with. It tells us that our being, our personhood, we are divided with a body, a soul, and a spirit. Now, your body, I think, is pretty straightforward. We know our physical body. And in church, we often talk a lot about our spirit. Your spirit is what is made transformed and new at the point of salvation. The Holy Spirit completely and alone does the work of salvation in your spirit. And that's what lives eternally after this life. But then there's this third portion of the soul. What is the soul? The soul refers to your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your desire, and your will. So our soul, while our spirit is 100% redeemed and made new at the point of salvation, we also see that our, our, sorry, our spirit is, our soul is still being redeemed and made whole. It's the theological word we've thrown out a couple times in church, sanctification, which you can throw it in casual conversation this afternoon. If you're new to church, sanctification is talking about how we are becoming more like Jesus through our lives. We become more like him. And so with that, in our lives currently, there are still struggles. We still struggle with sin, we still struggle with doubt, we still struggle with our own stuff. And so when we talk about soul care, uh, the author of the book that we're gonna be using through this series, Dr. Rob Reimer, talks about your soul and refers to it like a suitcase. And soul care is about unpacking your suitcase. You know, when you first arrive either home or when you go travel some destination, You unpack all the stuff that's in there. And soul care, what we're going to be doing is we're going to try and unpack the stuff that's in our soul. I like to think of it as soul care like that storage closet or that random storage room in your house. You know what I'm talking about that room that no one goes in because it's pure chaos. You know, the boxes when you first moved and you did such a great job for those first three weeks, and then you were just exhausted and the stuff you weren't really sure what to do with, you crammed into one space and said, we'll deal with this later. And then over the years, it just becomes an accumulation of junk. Whether it's a corner in your garage, a closet, or a whole designated room, it essentially almost becomes useless. And sometimes that's what happens to our soul. And what we're wanting to do is, we're wanting to excavate that out pull out maybe some of the junk that needed to be discarded, but also find some of the beauty and wholeness that God has there for us.
1: Why soul care? Why now? Why a series like this? Shouldn't we just be studying the Bible? Well, God has been leading our church in the last while in, I would say, a new journey of, of discipleship and coming to Understand and to grow uh, in what it means to be a true disciple. And if someone is asking, shouldn't we just be studying the Bible? I, I haven't heard that, but just one, just a question that could be asked. The simple answer is yes, <laughs> and and we are. Uh, this series is solidly rooted in God's Word. It is uh, a praxis opportunity. For New Testament principles for for the it's 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 an opportunity to engage in a in a deeper way with the things that Jesus said that relate to what he requires of us as his disciples not to gain salvation that comes by faith alone in the grace of Jesus right but to grow in his character and in our influence for him in the world and it's so so it's, it's exciting. Um, and one of the key principles is the condition of our heart. And, and many of you know, if you know the, the Bible at all, and, and some of you don't, and if you're just engaging and, and, and asking questions, trying to put the pieces of the puzzle of what this means to be a Christ follower, way to go. Keep, keep searching, keep asking questions. We'd love to walk with you in that process. It's a safe place to explore here. But... Some of you know the verse in Proverbs four uh, twenty-three that says, Guard your heart, for out of it are the issue, come the issues of life. Everything about life comes from the condition of the heart. And then Jesus' words in, in uh, Matthew sixteen, What will it profit? He said, What will it profit you if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? Very, very good question. We can read the Bible, we can pray, we can engage deeply and consistently with spiritual disciplines all we want, but if our soul is unhealthy, it's like, I think you said this in conversation uh, we were having at one point, where it's like, it's like uh, having a hole in your bucket, and that's not a good thing when you're trying to get liquid to a certain destination no so no change of behavior is going to bring health to the soul behavior modification is is, is not the root of the issue we need to first uh, grow and cultivate uh, health in our soul and that's what this series will lead us to do let me read a paragraph from the book the author says the key is to look at the heart what is underneath your behavior why do you do what you do what is driving this when you get to the heart level you deal with the disease and not the symptoms. You deal with the roots and not the leaves. You deal with the heart and not just the behavior. And it is then that true transformation can begin to take place.
0: I think that's so key, Marlon, as you're saying. Like, I think oftentimes it's easy for us to focus on behaviors and try to do behavior modification. And many of you have done that in your life. You've tried to force yourself into changing a behavior, yet you've been unsuccessful in doing so. It's essentially we're trying to pick the top off the dandelion and then going, why does it keep coming back? But what we need to do is we need to get what's underneath those behaviors. So what are the symptoms of an unhealthy soul? An unhealthy soul, one of the things you may find if you've been in church for a long time and you've given your life to Christ, again, this is where it gets confusing. Well, but I thought God made me new. Why would I struggle still with sin? Again, your spirit has been made completely new by the power of the Holy Spirit at salvation, but your soul can still struggle and is still working out your salvation in your life. And so part of that, again, is is coming to that point of of revealing and uh, bringing those things to Christ. If you have an unhealthy soul, you may have reached a point in your life where you feel stunted in your spiritual growth. You may go, "I just feel like God is so distant. You feel stagnated in your own faith. That can be a signal. For some of you, it's you have struggled with habitual repeated issues of addiction, of habits or dysfunctional relational patterns that often repeat themselves in the relationships especially most close to you, in your marriage, with your family, with those that are the most intimate and close to you. Have you ever found yourself just going, why do I do the things I don't want to do, yet the things I want to do I can't do? Those are the very words that the Apostle Paul spoke in the New Testament, in Romans 7.15. Sometimes it can be easy for us to, to try and project and blame the reason for that. Especially when it comes to relational patterns and issues in our lives. Where we suddenly, we act a way we never thought we would. As, as a counselor and as a husband who tends to do this a lot and has had a lot of growth over the last 10 years, I know this excuse because I hear it a lot. She, the way she makes me act, no one else makes me do that. It's her that's the issue. He drives me crazy, and he makes me crazy. Pushes my buttons. Pushes (laughs) the buttons, that's right. Sometimes it can be the default in our lives as we look at our external circumstances or surroundings as the reason for our own issues. But Jesus' own words actually challenge us with that. He tells us that it's not what's on the outside, but it's on the inside. Mark 7.15, these are the words of Jesus. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes out from your heart. Soul care is not focused on simply behavior modification and change. Instead, we're going to go deeper to find out lies that we have believed underneath those behaviors. Many of those lies have have been put into us by previous experiences even in our lives that have allowed us to buy into these lies that we've served about ourselves or about the world around us. Now, the pandemic in the last year and a half in particular, I think has actually, if you are reflecting, may have pointed even more inflamed the soul issues that you may have. We see this across the board in our society. COVID has brought out some of the worst in a lot of us. It comes out in our marriages. It comes out in our close relationships. It comes out in how we speak to each other. It's the overflow of an unhealthy soul. But it's only been inflamed as we've been stuck at home. Some of you have clearly seen the signs and byproducts, the lack of relational intimacy you have with your partner, the repeated fights you have over and over again. Both of, uh, both of you are actually probably just perpetuating your own soul wounds upon each other. You suffer from anxiety, your life feels trapped, and in your private moments, you often struggle with shame and pride. You feel anger, afraid and hopeless at times, yet you don't know why. Many of us aren't even aware of the issues within our own soul and need to become self-aware of our own souls so that we can ask God, because the healing is not in our own hands, but we get to partner with him because he has the power to heal, but yet we need to bring it to him to find healing and wholeness. We need to push past our fear and go into that ugly, cluttered room of our soul and begin to unpack it.
1: It's good. Another question that we're looking at is, how can I change if my soul is unhealthy? Or how can I keep my soul healthy or get my soul healthy? There are environments that are crucial for this to be the case, um, for, for a, a soul to be healthy and for it to bear fruit, like Jesus has called us to in, in our lives. Some of you are a gardener. I'm not but I, I know enough to know that the soil matters, right? Uh, you do what you do to cultivate the soil in which you will grow plants and healthy plants that produce fruit, but requires quality soil. And that's the picture of our soul. There are three environments that the author speaks about in the introduction chapter that foster uh, health in our soul and that will lead to growth. And uh, as I touch on these three very briefly, I want you to just assess uh, how much a part of your life these three um, areas are, Uh, how how active, how engaged you are with them, how, how aware you are of these three areas that, that comprise, as the author of Soul Care book says, that comprise an atmosphere where maximum life change can occur. First one is anointed teaching. God's Word is anointed.
0: Right.
1: That means it's powerful. Now, sometimes we might see a preacher that's just really giving her, and she's sweating a lot, and that's Anointed. No, that's personality.
0: (laughs) And a high body temperature, potentially.
1: (laughs) Right. Other things, too. Uh, It's God's Word that is anointed. My Christian friends, choose, choose to place yourself under the teaching of God's Word. Yes, in your own time alone with God, in reading the Bible, memorizing, studying, just soaking it in. Saying, God, how do you want me to respond obediently to this? All of that on your own. But also the encouragement, biblical encouragement, to be consistent in an open hearted uh, way of taking in Bible teaching in the context of the local church uh, where God has placed spiritual leaders uh, and, and has given them for this purpose to the local church. Let the the anointed word of God change and shape you as God intends it to. Anointed teaching. And then, second uh, um, area that helps to cultivate growth is community, or true community, as the author stresses the word true, as you'll see. Listen to these important words from, from the book. Life change occurs in an environment of true community. In true community, people live open, honest, and confessional lives in a culture of Grace, as Christ followers doing life in community with others is non-negotiable it's, it's the whole context of the New Testament um, and, and not just surface community but the, the type of, of trusting community that, uh, that involves confession of sin it's not something we've done well in the church in, in, in most cases um, it's what James wrote about in James 5.16, referring to confess your sins one to another. Not to a priest to receive forgiveness. That comes by what Jesus has done on the cross directly to us. But James says, confess your sins to one another. It's experienced, when it's experienced in a culture of grace, it's a powerful thing. And I've experienced it a little bit. Not, not as much as I wish I would have, but I want to even grow in that area, even at this stage of my life. Because in a healthy environment, confession with one another, there's prayer. There's encouragement. In that grace-filled environment that that happens, there's encouragement. There's lift. There's prayer. My, 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 what I've sh- who I've shared with goes away, and I'm trusting them in the confidentiality. And they're, but they're praying for me. They're talking to someone, but they're talking to God about it. And that's a powerful thing, and that combats discouragement and, and failure. So uh, let me add this. this. This series, will not you will not get out of it what God wants you to uh, if, if you attempt to do this just on your own. It doesn't, doesn't work that way. And again, the key is that it takes place in a grace-filled environment, and that's what it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Each and every one that are in the small groups, and you'll hear more about that from Pastor Joel, grace-filled environment say more about that a little later
0: yeah I think there's so much to that again I, I've been in church my entire life and, and that confession piece yeah that confession piece is so key I, that's not been a regular practice in a, in a large majority of my life and perhaps many of you who have been in church for a long time mm-hmm. you haven't regularly practiced confession and it's such a key piece yeah. as you were talking about yeah
1: um, one, one more environment is the presence and power of God. Uh, All of this, all of this, without the presence and power of God being invited in to our hearts and to the situation, to the conversation, it's just a it's a, it's a facade or at best maybe a, a, a temporary fix, if it's a fix at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, because lasting life and soul change happens in an environment where the presence and power of God is evident. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 2, my message was not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration mm-hmm. of the Spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power so important so my friends we need we need the authentic uh, power of God flowing constantly through our lives and uh, the middle of uh Uh, page 25, the author says, this is why I have made time with God a non-negotiable commitment in my life. I spend time with God when I feel like it and when I don't. I engage in spiritual practices like reading scripture, meditating on scripture, praying, listening to the voice of the spirit, uh, worship, solitude, and silence because I know I need God. I need his presence. So those are three environments in which growth can happen.
0: So as we move forward and we launch today into this series, I want to give you just a little overview of what things are going to look like over the next couple months. So through Soul Care, um, our Sunday messages and our small groups that we run during the week are going to coincide. And in a moment, today is our small group launch Sunday. So if you're online or in person, you're going to have the opportunity uh, to sign up to be a part of a small group going through this. And again, as it's already been emphasized and will be again, soul care is not something you can do on your own. It has to be done in a community. Um, But through this biblical study, we will look at seven different issues of the heart that need to be addressed in order to experience true heart change and life change that will lead to living in true freedom and wholeness in our relationship with Jesus. So really quickly, just as an overview of what these seven weeks will look like. Next week, we're going to be speaking on the topic of identity, making sure that we're rooted in a proper identity. Week two, which is going to be happening October 3rd, we're going to be talking about repentance The following week is Thanksgiving weekend and we've strategically and prayerfully put in that we're going to have two what we call buffer weeks through this series where the Sunday morning message is not going to be another soul care principle but we're going to give an extra week so in your small groups and in our own uh, processing we're going to have some time to soak in some of this stuff because it's challenging and it's deep. Uh, Week number three is going to be happening on October 17th where we're going to be talking about breaking family sin patterns. Following that on October 24th we're going to be dealing with the principle of forgiving others. On October 31st, we're going to be, uh, again, focusing on healing hurts. The following week is going to be a buffer week. That's also the week that kids are out of school in Beaumont. So some of you may be away Uh, that weekend. We're going to have a a different message on the Sunday and have a week again just to help us process a little more. And then follow with the last two weeks on November 14th, overcoming fears. And finally, on November 21st, breaking demonic strongholds.
1: Some deep, some deep stuff, right? And I recognize that, that, that this is challenging stuff um, to do like Joel mentioned already out of the suitcase, to unpack past hurts. Not to, not to give them more credit than they deserve. We're not, in, we're not doing any wacky stuff here. But we're being honest with things, in some cases in our past, that we need to truly give to God in agreement with other believers, so that things uh, that have been even traumatic, maybe in our past, that uh, that they will no longer impede the health of our soul and relationships and spiritual life, right? But you know, to to, to talk about the weight of sin or, or temptation in in a in a in a smaller group and. Uh, a group of guys getting together and doing that. And a group of ladies getting together and doing that. And t- t- talking honestly about the challenges of, of facing temptation. I mean, difficult stuff. And a, a scary place to go for, for, for many. Myself included. And so don't feel bad for that. But there's, but there's no way to wholeness and to spiritual health without it. The author, again, of the Soul Care book uh, recognizes this as well. He, he says, I urge you to read this book in a community of friends with whom you commit to be totally honest. I know that the, that the very thought of this makes many people sick to their stomachs. He says, I get it. <laughs> so do I. But again, this, this will, as, we, as we're saying, this will, this will take courage, but it will be so worth it. It, it, I believe that with all my heart. I, I would even say that at this point in our life as a church body, God is calling us to to lean into these biblical principles. I think back to the series we did early this year, One Kingdom Disciple. Ten weeks, I think it was. And if you missed that, you can listen as you're able. Um, but I I didn't know that we'd be here. But God did. And I believe that those weeks of teaching and are we're, we're foundational for where we're going. And as your pastor, my, my heart longs for you, for each one of you, to engage with this. It, it, it will foster spiritual growth in your life. And it will also foster unity that we're praying about in our church family, which in these days, again, is so very needed. In my Bible reading time this past week, I read Psalm 46, uh, sorry, Psalm 86, four. For to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. And as I read that, I thought of this Sunday, and this series. And I thought, let, God, we could do that together. We could just lift our soul to various degrees of health and wherever we're at as a body. In these next eight weeks, God, we're going to lift our, our soul to you. Heal, restore, bring health, bring hope. And there's much in this series that will do exactly
0: that. This morning, we're gonna have the opportunity to engage in a small group. For those of you who have been at Eaglemont for a while, you're probably familiar with how we launch small groups here as we every semester kind of relaunch and restart our small groups. If you are joining us in person or online and are a little unsure, I just wanna walk through uh, what this is gonna look like. Uh, Typically pre-COVID, we used to do tables and pens and papers around the gym. Uh, but we want everybody to kind of have equal access and, and uh, to be able to get on uh, with uh, just ease. So we're doing everything online this morning where you can sign up online. You can do that by going to egomont.info. So if you're in person, if you're watching right now, you can go ahead, open up another window if you're watching online. Uh, if you're in person, you can bring out your phone and we won't judge you. We were judging you before, but we won't judge you now. Egomont.info. I'm going to give you a tip. If you're in person, make sure turn off your Wi-Fi, because if you're using the free Wi-Fi in the church, you're going to sit here for the next three hours trying to load the web page. You're going to need to use your data, turn off the Wi-Fi connection. but eaglemont.info. and from there you'll see the sign up for a small group icon. You can click there to go ahead and it's going to show you the list of all the small groups. I believe there's also a slide that shows the different small groups that are going to be happening. Um, there are two groups that are going to be meeting online. And other groups are going to be meeting in person. Our groups that were meeting, planning to meet in homes, um, just kudos to our our small group leaders for stepping up and being willing to lead a small group and being willing to be so adaptable as, uh, of course, things changed this past week. And so those groups are going to be meeting in person, following protocols in the church building here. Um, uh, Many of those groups, when restrictions lift, they will transition back to being in-person groups. Um, For those of you who would prefer to have an online small group, with only having the two that we have currently available, it's hard to know uh, what the need would be for that. If those two groups fill, can you please talk to me, joel at eaglemontchurch.ca, or talk to me, call me here at the church. Um, We will find a way to connect you and make sure that there's a group for you if those groups fill, because you need to do this in community. You can't do confession on your own. Yes, we can confess to the Father, but we have clear instructions from Scripture that we're to confess to one another. You need to be going through this in community. And I need to say something to you this morning because I don't want you to think about your life in the shiny format that you may present it on Sunday. I want to talk about the realness of your soul in Monday to Saturday. You matter more than a fridge hear me out. Some of you know that when I first came to Eaglemont uh, about eight years ago, uh, that summer I owned a condo in High River, Alberta that got flooded in the floods uh, back in that year. And I remember when I got access to go to my condo for the first time, and I hadn't been able to go, it had flooded and it had been almost four weeks before my neighborhood was allowed to go in. When I went in, my kitchen floor was covered with blood and the, and the fridge was duct taped because the renter I had was a young guy and all he had was meat from hunting. And of course, everything had thawed and rotted. And so the, the people, like the police had come in, the RCP had come in, and they had duct taped that thing so it was impossible to even try and open the fridge because it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth cleaning out they just told everybody throw it out they'll come by and they'll pick it up your soul is not a fridge to be discarded and the truth is is that if you're honest with yourself and you're not trying to pretend you know that there's stuff that comes out in your life and maybe it's just during those heated moments those pressure moments but you have know it and you've experienced it you are worth more than a fridge it may be scary and the idea of having to share with others and the idea of having to dig through some of these hard questions might seem super intimidating. But you matter and your soul matters and God is passionate about it. So can I encourage you with everything I have, you need to do this with others. You can't do it yourself. Be brave and step out in it. Because it's important and it's vital. So I'm going to take a moment here, and I want you to just close your eyes with me. And I'm just going to pray. I don't, I'm not into coercion, so if you feel that way, that's not my heart. But I want you to listen to what the Holy Spirit might want to say to you right now. So just close your eyes. If you're online, in person, just close your eyes. No one's going to do anything to you. Just with your eyes closed, I just want you, in an honest moment, to ask God. God, what would you have me do? how do I participate with this? How do you want me to respond to what's been shared? We're just gonna have a moment of silence and just for you to listen in your heart. Some of you may even just feel in your own spirit, just a little anxious. Your heart's beating a little faster. Maybe that's just the Spirit working on you. Asking you to step out and do something that's a little scary. I encourage you to do that. These groups are not going to be about discussing and sharing and getting all the dirt of your life. But it is going to be about asking some of those hard questions and reflecting on God. What's, what have I allowed in me that you want out? That you want to show your truth onto? So if you haven't yet, I want you right now, grab your phone. Don't pretend like you don't have it. You were playing solitaire 10 minutes ago. Grab your phone. Open it up, eaglemont.info. Click on the small group icon, and this is your chance just to sign up for a small group to participate in this. You need to do this in community. If you are here and you don't know, you don't have a phone, or you don't feel technically savvy and you need some help, I'm going to get Kier, who's in the back, if you're in person. Kier's going to stand up, and Kier is available if you would like help signing up for a small group. He's going to stay back there. He'll sign you up on his phone. You can also ask him about his wedding, so it's like a win-win, right? Yes, correct, thank you. Uh, And that is on the slide. Just to clarify, Welter's group um, was originally meant for Wednesdays, has moved to Mondays at 7 p.m. as per the slide up front there. Uh, All right. If you have issues, if you're online and having a hard time, again, email me and I'll help you sign in for a small group and get into that. Uh, Just as you're doing that, hopefully you are, Part of going through this series, our Sunday messages are going to coordinate with the chapter of the book that we're going through, and we're going to discuss uh, in our groups each week. There'll also be a PDF form that will go around with some questions that we'll do together in our small groups, and and be able to reflect on what we've been reading and learning. If you have not yet, books are going to be for sale here uh, at the church. Uh, following this morning, uh, Leanne's going to be at the table. The cost for the books is seventeen dollars. Uh, That's a little cheaper than what you get online because we bought them in bulk. If you want to purchase them, you can do so uh, by paying through e-transfer or by using the debit machine in the back. You can also do that online. I believe there is an icon in the chat for those who are watching live. So you can click that. Uh, Both, there should have also been an icon to sign up for a small group. Um, And there'll also be an icon for purchasing the book. So you can do that. Uh, Again, you can use e-transfer or you can use uh, debit to do so. Uh, if you have cash, unfortunately, we don't have change. If you don't mind giving extra and you want to pay of 20 and 717, you can do so. Just fill out an envelope on your uh, explanation of your give. Just put small group books so that for accounting purposes, we know what to do with that. All right? So, with that, am I missing anything?
1: I don't think so. Okay. But you know what? I, I did want to say, you, you mentioned... Something that I think is important in all of our talk about this is so scary, oh no. You're not going to be made in no. any way, and you, you alluded to it a moment ago, but I wanted to pick up on it. Just, you're not going to be made to say anything you don't feel comfortable saying, of course, right? Um, but even so, this, this idea of even talking about confessing my. Sin or temptation to another brother or sister in Christ is, is for many, a, a real, a new experience and a scary experience. or maybe you tried it once, and it went bad. Hmm. Yeah. It's like we've said with small groups over the years. Yeah. if you get into if you've been in a bad, small group, don't give up on it. I've been in a bad small group, just for the record, and I say this legi- not at Eaglemont. Not that it couldn't happen. <laughs> Some of you might be saying, I've been in a bad small group. Marlo was the leader. (laughs) But don't give up. There's other good leaders out there. And I'm I'm joking, but I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm only partially joking. My kids hate when I say that. Um, But, uh, yeah, just just a comment there about that. So...